You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. To be a prophet to to the nation. And so notice Isaiah 58 and verse number 11. The word of the Lord says, I'm reading out the New King James Version. The Lord, this being Jehovah or Jehovah, the covenant God, the one who never breaks his covenant. Jehovah represents not just a God, but the God, the one who does not change. You remember in Malachi 3, 6, he said, for I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I do not change. See, God don't change. So whenever you're considering God's word or God is revealing his character to us, we need to always know about God that he does not change. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrew 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Amen? And so notice he said, the Lord, the one who does not change, will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. The Lord will guide you continually. And if the Lord is going to guide us continually and he is the one who does not change, notice what he's able to do. Notice that he does not change because of a drought or famine. See, it's good to know about the one to whom we serve, that even when things get tough, when things get challenging around us, then he stays the same. Come on, somebody. Because we we all going to have our drought seasons. Come on. I said we all going to have our wilderness moments. But what do I need to know in the wilderness? What do I need to hold on to? What type of mentality do I need when I'm in a drought? I need to know that the Lord, Jehovah, does not change just because the seasons have changed. Oh, hold on. Let me go it another way. The, the, the God who's able to take care of you when you have a whole lot in your pocket is the same God who's able to take care of you when there is nothing but lint in those same pockets that used to be full. See, he doesn't change. Come on, somebody. That's the reason he's able to to guide us even in a famine. And let me ask you something. And, and, And if it is a time of famine or a time of drought, who do you want to guide you? I want the one to guide me that knows all. Come on, somebody. Because, see, even when we can't see what we need because of these limited eyes, if I'll let the Lord guide me, come on, somebody. Oh, he know. He know what food at. Come on. I'm already teaching. He know what better at. Come on. All I got to do is let him guide me. Right? And he's going to strengthen your bones. You're going to be like a water garden. You're going to be like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Woo, I can live a fail-proof life. I said I can live a fail-proof life, but I got to let Jehovah guide me. Amen. Notice uh, Psalms 32. Notice Psalms 32. We're working with it a little bit. From the start, Psalm 32, 8, remember, Jehovah, the one who does not change, the only true and living God, guides his people. Remember that. Psalm 32, verse 8, 
I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Now see, sometimes we get hung up on Proverbs when Solomon said, train up a child in the way he should go. But see, parents, you can't train your child in the way they should go if you're not going the way you should go. See, see, that verse ain't just for a child. Because notice what the Lord said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Listen, if there is a way that I should go, Woo! Then there has to be a way that I should not go. Come on. If there's a way I should go, then it must mean there's a way I, I shouldn't go. If there's something I should say, then there's something I shouldn't say. If there are folks I should connect with, then there are folks I shouldn't connect with. Come on. Now notice the end clause of verse 8. I will guide you with my eye. But notice now, here's the choice that we have. We can be guided by Jehovah. Notice verse 9. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which having no understanding must be harnessed with bit and brittle, else they will not come near you or obey you. Listen. The psalmist uses two animals, especially in the time of the text, who are known for their stubbornness. Uses two animals that are known for their self. No, they will not come near you just because you, you call them or you beckon them. See, they're, they're stubborn by nature. And you're going to have to use something to harness them or make them do right because of their nature to be stubborn. And so here we have a choice. We can be guided by the Lord. I'm coming in, which is going to cause us to be intelligent because he's going to be the one leading, directing, teaching, instructing, counseling, advising. Or we can be stubborn. So that's our choice. And so my subject this morning is simply considering we one month over. To be in spirit led, to be an intelligent saints. We need to see where we are. Amen. And so today's subject is going to be stubborn saints or intelligent saints. Are we stubborn saints? Or are we in fact or in truth intelligent saints? Stubborn saints. Or intelligent saints. Which are you? Amen. And let's give God a praise for our subject this morning. Can we take our hand claps up just a little bit higher? Stubborn saints. Or intelligent saints. Which are you? Notice that in order to be intelligent saints, and of course when I deal with being intelligent, you know that I'm referencing divine intelligence. Because we certainly know that there are all types of wisdom or intelligence, but we know that a person can be intelligent, yet at the same time his or her intelligence can be perverted. So when I talk to us about being intelligent, saying you have to always remember that pastor is speaking about divine intelligence. That which we have or we have acquired because of who's guiding or leading us. 
Notice in, in, in the psalm that the Lord is purpose to do what he know he needs to do for his people. I want you to see it by simple two words in verse 8. When the Lord says through the psalmist, I will. I will. One thing about God, you never have to worry about God not doing what he said he would do. I'm going to say that again. You never have to worry about God not doing what he said he would do. And if it is the case, what God is not doing, it's not because he doesn't desire to do, or it's not because he doesn't have the power to do. It is just that we are not being obedient to what he has asked us to do that obligates him, come on pastor, to do what he said he would do. In other words, there are promises that are conditional or based upon our obedience. Isaiah 1 and 19, he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If I'm not eating good, it's a direct result of me not being willing or obedient. And so if I want to eat good, all I got to do is change my behavior or my attitude. I need to go from not obeying God to to obeying Him. I need to go from doing it my way to submitting to Him and saying, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. Why is that? I don't like how I'm eating. Come on. And I want to tell somebody, you're eating, but you could eat much better. Woo! Come on, I need to say it again. I want to sell, tell somebody, you are eating, but God says today you can eat much better. You can eat on a higher level. Notice in verse 2, or in verse 9, I should say, he tells us, do not be like. Do not be like the horse. Or like the mule. Again, two animals that when you consider their nature, they're stubborn. Now, now, now when it concerns the horse, you really got to think about the horse in the wild. You can't think about Mr. Ed. You can't think about Mr. Mr. Ed was uh, something unique. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's talking by nature. Difficult for a man to just walk out and just think that he or she is going to climb onto a wild horse who's used to having his freedom and, and so forth and just think you're going to climb on back of him and just ride. No. Yeah. I rode a horse years ago. It was the first one. In the last. Yeah, it was up in Gatlinburg. They were going to take us on some trails. So we trying to have the best family vacation of our life. We're going to ride the horses. Man, I never forget when they set me up on that thing. I never knew how high that was. And what I didn't like about it is that I was out of control. I had no control. This wild beast, strong animal. And you know when you're with your wife and children, especially a man, you're trying to act like, you know, hey, I ain't scared of that. <laughs> but the heart, yes, you know what I mean? The heart is, yeah. And I'm saying to myself, when I get off this thing. And they didn't give you the best horses either. Now, you didn't get no thoroughbreds like you see up at the Kentucky Derby. You know, some of these jokes look like they need a good feeding. So I'm like, I don't know what he like. He liable to run off and just try to get something to eat or something. Or drop dead on the trail. Come on. But some of us ain't no ain't no nice way to put it. We stubborn. And we know we stubborn. Some of you, as soon as I said that, you're not like, wonder if he talking about. No, some are like, oh, yeah. Some of us are stubborn. And in order for God to do for you 
what you asked him to do, what you're praying for him to do. We have to learn not to be a stubborn people. Can I deal with it? Number one, what does it mean to be stubborn? I basically got one definition that I want you to hold to. What does it mean to be stubborn? Number one, to be stubborn means that you're unwilling to change when change is necessary for success. You're unwilling to change when change is necessary for success. See, the reason I'm giving you this definition is because some folk will have you to change, but they only want you to change so they can take advantage of you. Come on, y'all. Come on. I should have got more amen. Everybody in this life who wants you to change is not always wanting you to change for your betterment. Come on. There are some people, yeah, they want you to change so that they can run over you. Oh, I'm going to teach it right no matter how you look. So that they can run over you, back up and run over you again. And so that's their motive for you changing. So that they can get control of your mind and manipulate you. So you have to be careful when folk are trying to get you to change. You have to know the motive of the person who wants you to change. Come on, I'm not just going to jump and change because somebody said they don't like the way that I pastor. You don't know what a pastor is. And before I be quick to change, I have to consider what it is that you want me to change. Come on, somebody. But then there are those in our lives who desperately desire for us to change, but it's so we'll have success. I know some of you like me, you got some loved ones that, 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 that you want to see them change. Am I right about that? Not because of any selfish motives that you have, you just want to see them successful. Woo, let me go it another way. How many parents out there ever found yourself in a place where you're praying that your child would simply change? Stop being so stubborn. You know, stubborn folk will be ready to argue with you on the get-go about something they already know they're wrong about. But out of their stubbornness, they looking for a fight. See, I got to teach this right, because a whole lot riding on this word today. Do y'all hear me? It's a whole lot. You can't see it. Maybe you can't even discern it. But it's a whole lot riding on this word. I got to teach it right. Because there are some people, if they don't stop being stubborn, the question they asked themselves or the thought that they had that it can't get any worse. It's about to get a whole lot worse. Because you are unwilling to change. Come on. Just like God, people can have only so much patience. Woo! You ain't giving me time. No, if it's anything I've given you, it's time. See, because some folk will, will play on you. You telling them that they need to change and if they don't change, you're not going to keep putting up with it. They don't believe you. There are parents that will tell their children, look, if you don't get yourself together, I'm going to stop giving you money. Guess what the child know about mama? 
She can't do it. She can't do it. She may turn me down for two days, but, but if I keep pressing, mama, if I make the story bad enough, if I make mama think that, 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 that mama, I'm in trouble like I ain't ever been in trouble. You cannot tell you, you just, you just don't know what you're doing to me. I'm t- this is the last time. But guess what the child knows? It's not the last time. Even God will only go so far. That's the problem with people in the church. They think they can just continue being unwilling to change. And if I ever decide to change, then he's always going to be there. Because grandmama told me, you know, I can always call on the Lord. But see, what grandmama didn't tell you was that, yeah, you can call, but the answering part is not a guarantee. Because even God can move on from people. Am I right? Notice what makes the mule and the horse Stubborn. Do not be like, I mean, verse 9, do not be like the heart or like the mule, which have no understanding. Which have no understanding. See, that shouldn't be us. That's what you mean it shouldn't be us. Because God himself gave you a shepherd. According to Jeremiah 3.15, he said, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, you better listen to this, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So if we're ever in a place where we have no understanding, yet we have a shepherd, it's only one or two things going on. Either the shepherd ain't doing his job, or you're not eating. Come on, I said you're not eating. Either I'm not doing my job, I'm not praying, I'm not studying. And I'm looking around to see if anybody thinks that's the case. Well, I can just tell you what the problem is. Pastor ain't hearing from God like he used to hear from. Okay, that that that, that, that that's an option. But could it be that you no longer have an appetite for the things of God? Come on. See, something wrong when you're about to doze off in church. But you don't doze off with your movies. You don't doze off watching your ball games. Matter of fact, if I be honest, you don't even take a bathroom break during the game. Yeah, I'm telling you, sometime in church, it's not the pastor. It's not the minister. God's people have lost their appetite for the things of God. Yeah, hurry up, pastor. I'm in the clothes. Yeah, oh, good. Won't be before y'all long today. Oh, God, that is some good news right there. This is not going to be long today. See, we are laughing, but a lot of people have sat in church and lost their appetite for the Word. See, the horse and the mule have no understanding. Let me give you what that equates. You'll understand it better. What are some synonyms for being stubborn? The horse, the mule that has no understanding is is bullheaded. Mm. Oh, Lord. Pastor, Pastor, her problem is that she is hard-headed. You know you can be grown and be hard-headed. I'm looking for folks in the back. They didn't say that. I said, I know you, you know you can be grown and be hard headed. Woo! Brothers, you can be a man, but be hard. 
Oh, there are some women in here. They love their man. I love my man. But if you tell all about your man, your man, hard-headed. <laughs> you see a good sister trying to step back and tell her, you can't fix that like that. You can't. <laughs> you need to leave me alone when I do that. You can't, you can't fix that like that. <laughs> he been in there three hours. He tried everything he know to try. He does not want to return in the house. And look at her. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching about me. And then there's no man getting up. See, I'm talking about me. Years ago, I bought me a chainsaw. Brother Allen, I bought me a 450. Steel. It's called a ball something. I said, I want the best. Because I'm cutting down these trees in this backyard myself. They overcharging me. Can't be that hard. Donna said, don't do it. I said, I'm cutting these trees down. Today. And y'all, I'm telling you, when I cut that first one, Brother Knox, I, I, I saw through it like butter. <laughs> I said, I'm ready now. I said, <laughs> they were just falling, Digger Hill. I just looked for the neck for <laughs> about two hours of doing that. I looked around, I got tree on top of tree, tree on. And then it hit me. I said, the hard part ain't getting them down. It's getting them up. I started to quit from the jump, but I knew she was in the house. He'll never do. Man. I stayed out there. Ooh. I was picking up trees that, that I knew I didn't have no business picking up. I mean, I picked it up because I looked back toward the house. When I got done, I opened the garage door. I, I, I was trying to make sure, I was hoping she was in the back. And this is how I came in, y'all. She was right in the kitchen. I told you. I said, I'm hurting. <laughs> We laughing, but I could have did some serious damage. Even one time a tree was falling, and it wasn't falling the way I cut it. I watched the video three times. Cut it like they said. But I didn't factor in the wind. It started falling toward me. Next thing you know, the chainsaw fell. I fell. It was still going. That's when I said, it ain't good to be stubborn. Strong-willed. See, it's good to be a strong-willed person, but when you're strong-willed against God, against the one who loves you more than anybody, you're messing up. When you're closed, a stubborn person is closed-minded. Will not listen. God will deliver you. Will not listen. Come on. Stubborn. Will not listen. Notice that the horse and the mule have to be harnessed with bit. And brittle. But see, God ain't going to make us woo, do nothing. If you're stubborn, he going to let you be stubborn. 
Come on, I'm teaching right. He's not going to make you do what he knows you don't want to do. Come on, there's some good teaching right here. Lord, make me change. No, he's not going to make you change. Because if he make you change, he should have made her change. He should have made him. God didn't make me change. He helped me to change. But I had to get tired of my mess. And go to the, oh, come on, Pastor Preacher. And go to the only one who had the power to deliver me, to rescue me out of that mess. You better watch this. That I created. But don't ever look at nobody who good and saved and came out of a whole lot as if God made them change. Sadly, for some folk, even getting tired is not enough for them to change. Stubborn people will talk about how they hate going through what they're going through, but still you don't see no change. Come on. How many remember back in the day when we once say folk trying to get us to change for the better, trying to get us to leave things and people alone that were killing us? Can we be honest this morning? But when you look back, some of us was not ready to change. Look at 1 Samuel. Whoa, it's a good word. I say it's a good word. Some of us are not willing to change. Brother, you killing yourself. Yeah, but. I ain't ready to change. And you know, of course, most folk, when they know they're killing themselves, when they know they're harming themselves, they're not going to tell you outright that they're unwilling to change, but it is their actions that tell you they're unwilling to change. Am I right about that? Anybody had anybody cry on your shoulder or just come to talk to you because life just doesn't got Oh, cuz, if you thought it was bad last time I talked to you. Oh, man, it's. But yet you will see. Y'all going to be patient with me. Yet you will see in that person, you know they're hurting. You know they're in pain. You know they're messing up their life. But you also know when you look at them that they're still not willing. Let me tell you something about people, people in general. Folk can go to jail. You can visit them, look at them, and think to yourself, this did it this time. But you keep talking to them, and you hear in their voice, he's still unwilling. I know I'm teaching right. One thing, and I've never been locked up. Thank God. But I had a friend get a DUI one time when we was in high school. And they asked me, they said, you want to go back and see him? I said, yeah, man, I need to go back. That's my homeboy. He said, I need to go back there. They took me back there. And them doors kept closing. I got right in the room. He was. He like, man, I said, I said, man, I said, man, brother, I can't stay in here. I said, I don't even need the one locked up, but I just being in, this ain't it. I, I got to get out of here. You would think when you see some of your loved ones in chains, confined like an animal, now he'll change. No, he won't because he's stubborn. When you see people, now I'm coming your way. When you see people mistreat their own body. And you got to visit them in the hospital. Hooked up to all kind of machines and, and tubes. You'll think, well, when she come out of this, she going to change her eating habits. Nah. She's still going through a pack of poke chops a week. Unwilling to change. You 
see folks sometimes they get a joke. Man, this, this man, my head. This Pope gonna kill me. <laughs> Brother, you that sick and unwilling to change. You keep drinking all them Cokes, talking about your lower back, but you unwilling to change. First Samuel. See, see, I'm telling you, it's the truth. When you look at some people, they unwilling to change. Parents, sometimes you got to raise children that just keep running into the wall, getting one knot on their head after the other. And you just got to look at them and say, until he is willing to change, I'm going to have to prepare my heart to see him go down. Oh, no, Lord, do it for my baby now. First Samuel. First Samuel. There are marriages. First Samuel 15. First Samuel 15. There are marriages. There are ma- There are. Marriages, there are marriages, there are marriages on their way to divorce court. There are marriages on their way to divorce court. It's funny, ain't it? It's funny, ain't it? Your spouse about to leave you and it's funny. They this close. Can y'all tell the room that's in between them two fingers? Only people on the front row can tell. They this close. They this close to saying about you. Enough. Enough. Got quiet then. And people who are unwilling to change, when the hammer hits... They swear they never saw it coming. See, if we receive what I'm saying, you don't take people for granted. You don't just keep abusing people and feel like they're going to take it. They're always going to be there to take it. You come home and the house is empty. But their plan to move was not a two-week ordeal. She'd been planning it for eight months. And you with your un or your selfish self did not even see it. Come on. I know this word right. I know this word right. I told y'all, a lot is depending on this word. First Samuel 15. Got to speed up. First Samuel 15. Notice First Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion. First Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. The first king of Israel was a man who started out humble but became stubborn. He says stubbornness is as a sin. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Iniquity is vanity. Wickedness. Listen, it's wicked to be stubborn. Idolatry is the worship of idols, but when you are stubborn, your idol can be you. Woo! Why won't you change? You worship yourself. You worship who you are. You like being stubborn. Look at Deuteronomy. Oh God. What a word. Deuteronomy 21. 
Mm, y'all turn to Deuteronomy 21. I need somebody to just shout, it ain't good to be stubborn. It ain't good to be stubborn. I said, I need y'all to shout, it ain't good to be stubborn. It ain't good to be stubborn. Look at Deuteronomy 21 in verse 18. Deuteronomy fifth book of the Bible. Deuteronomy 21, verse 18. Mm. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, what were they chasing about? Trying to get him changed. Where my parents at? You don't, you, you don't whoop a child because you like it. You, you don't whoop a child because you like hearing them cry. You like inflicting pain on Y'all parents better say something or somebody need to call defects. Say amen or somebody call defects. You want to beat them? You like hitting them? No, y'all better listen. But you chasing them with the desire for change. Come on. Come on. How many got raised by these old school parents? They just didn't whoop you. Y'all ain't let me finish. Who whipped you, but before they did, they told you something like this. Now, this going to hurt me more than they hurt you. Some of them had a boldness to say, I doubt that. <laughs> but when you got your own church, you found out that that's true. I remember the first time we had to whoop one of our children, and much as me and Don had been yelled, I like, you need to go get them. And I said, well, I'll, I'm going to have to whoop them. Don said, I know what they need it. So I'm getting the belt and I'm walking to the room to whoop them and she going out the front door. I'm like, what the? She said, they need it, but I don't want to hear it. She said, I don't want to hear it. So for years, you know, every time they need a whooping, they knew, hey, I'm going to get my belt. Even one time they had a belt that really hit hard, they hid it. They hid that belt. I kept trying to find where, I, I'm talking about that belt that everybody just sitting there looking dumbfounded. They hid it. But listen, it got to a certain point to where the children were hating me. And one of them needed a whooping, and, and, and I started to go. And I, I said, uh-huh. I said, I'm not doing it this time. I said, you do it. I said, they need to know we don't want a court. They need to know it just ain't me wanting to whoop them that they need it. Come on. We grew up like that. We grew up where daddy would do the whooping. And when he was getting ready to whoop you, and sent you to your room. See, on your way to your room, you're passed by mama. Mama didn't do us no favors. Because she was looking sad. She was looking like something wrong with your daddy. Like it ain't y'all. And so we was hating him because we like, he just want to whoop somebody. And, and we'd be going by like, mama, say something. You know. You know. Mama just sitting there. Later on, she tell us, <laughs> oh, the light come on. Oh, y'all deserve every one of them. <laughs> like, well, mama, why was you looking? <laughs> you confused everybody. I know I'm teaching right. You chasing a person. You correct them. You tell them what's wrong because you love them. See, stubborn people, you need to recognize when somebody is telling you what's wrong, it ain't because they hate you, it's because they love you and they know you have it in you to get it right. They know you can be a much better person if they ain't willing to live with you killing yourself because they love you too much. I'd rather leave you than watch you kill yourself. Come on, somebody. That's a word right there. That's a word right there. That's how your pastor is. That's the reason I preach the way I preach. I know there's better in you. I see the man you could be. I see the potential that's in you. Look at the text. 
If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his, the voice of his father, the voice of his mother, who when they have chastened him will not heed them, then his father and mother shall take hold of him. Bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of the city. And they shall say to the elders of the city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. No, no, notice something about stubbornness. Stubbornness means that you will not obey. You hear a voice, whether that voice be God's voice directly, whether it be God speaking through your pastor, God speaking through your spouse, God speaking through your sister. But you will not obey the voice that you hear. Sometimes people who really love you, they can see the pitfall clearer than you can. And the last thing they want to see you do is, is end up there. So they're telling you that, hey, you got to change. You got to stop. See, I'm telling somebody right now, if you're babying grown people, you're not helping them. You're not helping them. You're not helping it when you are babying, coddling Grown people. You have to give grown folk truth. Come on. Notice in the text that evil, that stubbornness in the eyes of God is evil. Remember when he said, take him out there and stone him so you put away the what? The evil. What was evil? The stubbornness. The rebellion. Some of you know you're stubborn. God is the only one who can help you, and you're running from him. That's like a house on fire, and the person's running inside. I know I'm right about it. And, 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 and hey, I'm not coming down on nobody. I've been stubborn. I've been stubborn in my marriage. I've been a stubborn father. But when I saw that it, 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 it ain't producing. Whenever you see the fruit you bearing and you don't like it, you can't eat it, it's spoiled, you need to do something to bring forth better fruit. been stubborn. <laughs> I've been a know-it-all. <laughs> I've been a person that think they got all the answers. Listen to me. You just need to hear me out. I got six points for why you're wrong. Notice this. The men of the city shall stone him to death. With stones. If you're taking note, please note that stubbornness brings on punishment. Whenever we are stubborn, we are going to be punished. And nobody can punish like God. I didn't understand it when I was growing up and the old folk used to say, can't nobody whip you like God. Somebody know that's true. When God gets to whooping you, it's as if nothing you do works. He's whooping you. You know what he's doing this morning, don't you? That's God taking off that bed. He's whooping some people who are unwilling to change, even though change is necessary for success. Notice Psalm 78, my last scripture on, on stubbornness, and then we're getting ready to close this thing. Psalm 78. Yeah, I'm coming in. Oh, yes, a good word. Good word. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Remember, I know I keep saying it, but a whole lot hinging 
on whether people receive this word. Psalm 78 and verse 8. Notice what the psalmist is talking about. He's referring to God's children, the children of Israel. He says in Psalm 78 verse 8, And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that did not set his heart aright. Whose spirit, attitude, behavior, heart, mindset was not faithful to God. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes it's as if for some of us that we can look at certain people in our family and it's almost as if we inherited that stubbornness. Come on, I'm finna close. You, 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 you know, sometimes you tell folks, you know, man, she's just like her mom. What you mean just like her mom? Man, that woman hard to get along with. Every man she had, man, eventually that, that relationship ended, man, because that woman right there, that woman, that woman, you just can't get along with her. Man, she look good, she fine, she got a good job, but man, you can't, man, I'm telling you, she, that girl just like, she just like her mom. Come on. That boy just like he did. He ain't going to listen, as old folks say, to save his life. Y'all looking at me like I'm saying something wrong. And then sometimes it's like it's an entire family. He said, man, all them folk, all they do is lie. Come on. Man, you, man, them from stubborn folk right there. Woo. But tell your neighbor, even if that is the case, you have a choice not to be like your fathers. Come on, I'm closing. Sometimes you gotta know, yeah, something was inherited. Whether it came through the blood or observation. See, let me tell you something. Sometime when you're growing up, you learn things through observation. More so than you realize. That's when some of you that like to do a whole lot of fussing and fighting and quarreling. Most of you grew up in homes where people always fussing, fighting, and quarreling. And that got in you. It got in you at an early age. So you don't think nobody love you unless they fussing with you. Come on. But in all of our lives, somebody say all of our lives. Listen, we have to look at family as much as we love family. And you got to say, I'm not going to be like that. I'm closing. Some of us grew up in homes where there was never enough to eat. There were no snacks. There were no... Come on. And some of us decided, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to have plenty of food. I know I'm right about it. Some of us, you grew up wearing hand-me-downs. You didn't never get nothing new. And you said to yourself, if I ever get children, I'm going to make sure they can have things without it being hand-me-down. I know I'm right about it right now. Some of y'all playing like all everybody in your family is this, that, and the other, but you lie. All of us got some people we have to look at and say, I'm not going to be like her. I'm not going to be like him. I love daddy, but I'm not going to be like daddy when it comes to this. Mama would leave us with anybody. When I have children, I'm not leaving my children with just anybody. I'm the man I am. Because eventually I had to look at things. 
It ain't putting nobody down and decide. I'm not going to be like that. I don't want to be like that. Go to Psalm 32 so I can close. But in saying that, you have to be careful. Because sometimes people you hate, sometimes people you despise, you become like them. Come on, somebody. I said sometimes people, there are men in here. They hate the way their father treats them when it comes to certain things. And your father is too stubborn to change. But look at you as a husband. You acting just like your father. Because you are unwilling to change. And then there are those of us who have good examples. We just won't set our heart to imitate. Why are you so weak? You grew up with a strong daddy. Why are you so sorry? Your mama was a hard worker. Why are you always looking for a handout? When your parents took care of business and helped people, they gave handouts. Why are you not more like your pastor? Pastor Cochran does such and such, such and such. You ain't nothing like your pastor. See, and sometimes it just comes down to a choice. Whether we're going to be stubborn saints intelligent saints. In Psalm 32 and 8, notice as I close, a good word. It's quiet up in here. It's quiet up in here. But some of my older saints, I, I, I really lean on y'all to help me out sometime. Because y'all know what I'm saying is real. And, and I need folk to speak truth so that there won't be somebody in here feeling like the pastor only knew where I come from. He'll understand that I can never be this, that, and the other. But see, you wrong. Because there's, hold on, don't clap. Because there are some people in here. If you saw where they came from. Come on. Come on. Can I teach it right? There are people in here who grew up in the ghetto. But the ghetto never grew up in them. They always look for a better day. There were folks in here grew up with roaches, but they look for a better day. Come on, don't tell me where you come from. Tell me where you want to go. Tell me how bad you want to get there. Very few people have had it as easy as folk think. Well, she come from money. You don't know what you're talking about. How did she come from money eating, eating free lunch? Come on, I'm just keeping it real. How how she come from money free lunch? Some of you don't like this. Yeah, you can walk after that. Or you can decide. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, I got to close it right there, but listen to me. Sometimes what you should have got, and I've told this to people here, what you should have got biologically, you didn't get. L listen, listen. That's not a knock to biological parents and grandparents. Because at some point, all of us miss something. But God is a God who recognizes what you miss biologically. I'll preach it. God says, if you want it, I'll give it to you spiritually. 
I'll give you a good father. I'll give you a strong father. I'll give you a strong mother. I'll give you a lady. I'll give you an example. Not that you should copy everything about us. But when God sets a lady before you, the nerve of you to be stubborn and unwilling to change. All you got to do is say, what I didn't get growing up, God gave it to me in his house. So now I'm just going to follow my pastor. Come on. Psalm 32. What we need to be intelligent. I'm done when I say this. And I think I hit Psalm Isaiah 58 and then I'll be done. Psalm 32. Eight. What do we need to be intelligent? Number one, we need to stop being stubborn. I'm done with stubbornness. To be intelligent, God knows we need three things. We need to, he needs to instruct us. He needs to teach us. And he needs to guide us. He needs to instruct us. He needs to give us insight. He needs to teach us. He needs to inform or make us aware of certain things. That's when he said, I'll show you the way you should go. He needs to guide us, listen, with his eye. Don't get God's eye mixed up with what Satan tries to fabricate a copy. When you, when you deal with the all-seeing eye, that's evil. But when it comes to God's eye, God is able to guide us with his eye, meaning through his omniscience. Through God seeing all. Tell your God sees all. Including your stubborn ways. He sees all. He sees what needs to change today. Or else somebody's going to lose something. He sees what needs to change today. Or else somebody's never going to get something. And he wants to guide you with his omniscience. You hear me? So in Psalm 58, it talks about, and I'm done, the man who is guided. Isaiah, what did I say? Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah 58. I'm rushing to get done. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually. Satisfy your soul in drought. Strengthen your bones. Bones is figurative of a person's life. God going to strengthen your life if you let him guide you continually. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. If I let the Lord guide me continually, I'm going to be an intelligent saint. Listen, if you're taking note. Not only will I be an intelligent saint, but I will have good success in and outside the church. Pastor, where are you getting that from? He said he'll satisfy your soul in drought. He'll strengthen your bones or your life. You shall be like a watered garden. See, giving you a portrait of something that's successful. And, and like it or not, you can see a garden, or you can see the productivity from a garden that's well watered. L listen, so God is saying, if you let me guide you continually, folk going to know that you have good success. Folk going to know you productive in every aspect of life. They can, they can see it. They probably can't see it all, but they can Man, something different about her. Something different about him. Something different about them. Man, what is it? Man, she following the Lord now. She being guided by the Holy Spirit now. See, you're going to have good success. Don't matter who working against you, you're going to have good success. Listen, I was in the refuge garden yesterday, blowing the leaves out. And a woman came up. She said, hey. Once I finally heard it, because that blower was blowing so hard, I just seen an older woman standing up at the top. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I sure would like some of them collard greens when y'all pick them. She said, I'll pay for them. I said, ma'am, you don't have to pay for them. I said, I'll let the people know 
that, that you want some. And I said, they'll make sure they get you some. You ain't got to pay. She said, I thank you. I appreciate you. But you know what? But you know what I thought about this morning? She saw that. Come on. She saw them collars. Listen. And she knew they're edible. Is that how you say it? Edible. See, oh, those look good. Come on. It's going to be something people can see. Some of you right now, you're trapped in a place God don't want you. People know that. They know you're suffering. They know you're in pain. They know you're losing. But God is saying, if you'll stop being stubborn, let me guide you. Folk going to see that you're not the same man. They're going to see, man, that's not the same woman. Amen? But it's a choice. We can be stubborn saints, or we can be intelligent saints. Amen? Let's give God a praise for our subject this morning. pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.